you're looking for a break. Tell me what you mean by that. And I want you, I mean, I really want to, I really want to, let's talk about in that sense, right? Your heart is heavy right now. I think, I don't know. I, this is just me listening, talking and interacting with you. This is just the sense I'm getting. So in that sense, tell me what you mean when you say you want a break. So I don't know what it feels like to wake up and not be responsible for two lives. And what I mean by that is every day when I wake up, I have to know what's going on with them physically, emotionally, what's going on with school, what's going on if they're not in school, what did they eat? I don't know what it feels like to wake up and not think about those things. And that might that that may sound petty. It may sound a little selfish. I just wanted to know what it felt like to wake up and just concentrate on me. I just wanted to feel selfish, I guess. Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad? So in case anybody doesn't know, we are here on an episode of Single Dad, Why You Mad, right? And uh, this is a, a, a special for me. Uh, I've thought about doing this for a while. Didn't just get a chance to get to it, but we're here now. And a lot of, of our female listeners often ask us, right? They say, we want to hear more from the dads because we've had a significant amount of women in season one. So uh, we're doing all we can to make that happen. So with us today is my nephew. He has two kids that I have watched grow uh, since day one. So I've watched him grow since day one. I remember when he and his older brother were born. I used to call him Mike Mike when he was little. He probably doesn't remember that. Uh, and then his mother started doing it also. And then it faded away, right? Cause you know, as they get older, you can't call them what you call them. My, my nephews, they won't let me get away with that. But uh, I was there when his first child was born. I was not there when his second child was born. I actually videotaped her going through labor in the hospital. Uh, I was in the middle of a breakup and the nurse came out and said, and she said this to my sister and my niece, who is the handsome guy out there with the camera? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. That's all you had to say to me. So uh, why don't we start out with uh, uh, you telling them uh, as much as you want people to know about you. Uh, and then, you know, we'll get into it. Go ahead. Um, I have uh, two kids and it's not a 50-50 split. I am 100% the provider, caretaker for my kids. It's been that way since my youngest was about two and my oldest was about seven, maybe turning eight. Uh, how old are you? I'm 39 years old. And how old are the kids? Kids are uh, 16 and 11. And do you want people to know your name or should you leave your name out? <laughs> no, nah, you know my name. Tell my name is Michael Crockett. Where are you from? Do you want to tell people where you're from? Like, where do you live? Not specifically. You're not putting out your address. But like. Well, I'm from the Bronx. I live in White Plains. So, uh, Clark, H-T, uh, what? H-T. H-T-F. Yeah. It's a lot of letters in that. But basically, the founding question of our show that we ask it of all of our guests is... How the fuck did you get here? With the best of intentions, right? Because we, we never enter a situation thinking it's going to end up the way that it ends up right. when you're a single parent. So with the best never. of intentions, how did you end up in the situation you're in right now? And the situation is that you're a single parent, right? Because a single parent, and, and it sounds like a sole parent. Well, it's a long story, but I'll try to show it as much as I can. Um, I was married at 21, very young, because I did not want to be the typical baby father. And plus, my father, uh, God rest his soul, and my mother have been together since she was 16 and he was 18. So I guess that kind of thing is embedded in me. And I kind of wanted to, I wanted to, you know, represent my father and my parents as much as I can, you know, kind of lead that legacy along. We was too young to be married. Things fell apart and, you know, young people do what they do. A lot of infidelity, a lot of basically everything at 21. I mean, you can imagine I've, I've been through it. Fast forward to the kid situation. Their mother deals with a lot of mental health. Um, that I'm still learning about to this day which i didn't know uh before i kind of just dealt with a lot of anger because i felt like she didn't want to be there but as i'm learning now she can't be there because she's dealing with a lot of hurt and frustration a lot of abandonment issues from her own childhood that i guess never got manifested until she became an adult so when i first when when my oldest first came and lived with me uh we had dealt with a, a toxic uh, situation had uh came about and i uh, i went my separate way she went her separate way i moved back home and she uh stayed in jersey where we were residing so over the course of a couple months of just being away i noticed that she was 
uh, she would go through bad depression and things of that nature, and I would have to uh, check on her a lot more. It was a, uh, it was, it was a lot going on that uh, my son wasn't, or well, my sons at the time wasn't, wasn't getting the attention that they needed. So basically, my oldest and her don't really get along. They haven't really got along, and it's kind of weird saying that that a kid doesn't get along with it with their mother. But in my situation, that's what it was, and she felt like she needed to be without my oldest. So, so about around seven or eight, that's when he came and lived with me. So I didn't get my uh, second uh, born until later on, but. We had a court order at the time that I would give him every other weekend. So still having my oldest, still provided for him and, you know, things of that nature. And uh, until one day she said she couldn't handle it. She couldn't handle... The youngest one. The youngest one. And how old was he at that point? He was about two, maybe three. And um, we had an emotional talk. And, you know, I was, I was very confused at the time. I didn't really know what to say or how to think of it. But, you know, I just kind of just said okay and ever since then ever since they've came and lived with me and been with me she's kind of been mia like she'll she'll come around every now and again buy buy them things and then leave um she's kind of been inconsistent in their life ever since and that's pretty much been the case their whole lot and of course you know it, it brought a lot of anger in me a lot of not knowing what to do at times um, I'm thankful I have the support that I have. If it wasn't for my mother and father, I honestly don't know what I would do in that situation. So I'm very grateful in the support that I've had throughout this journey. Um, I want to back up for one second. And I know some of this, right? The oldest is 16 now, right? 16, yep. Uh, you were 23 when he was born. And how old yep. is she at that time? Remind me. She's the same age. And where did you guys meet? We met after I had came back from Atlanta. I had gotten a job at Westchester Mall. I was a security guard there, and she was an assistant manager for uh, L'Occitane. It's like a beauty supply store or something like that. And we just kind of ran into each other. She was she had a boyfriend at the time. I guess she wasn't really into him, and me and her just clicked. At first, it wasn't to be anything serious. It was just kind of a, you know, a jump-off situation. You know, time went on. Things got a little serious. She got pregnant. Were y'all considered to be a couple when she got pregnant or were y'all still just you know just smashing uh honestly we were just smashing at the time <laughs> right. okay all right yeah. how long into it before she got pregnant uh i would say maybe like six months to a year I'm not really okay don't really remember but i know it's around that time like it didn't, happen, it didn't happen immediately but it but, happened it, but it was it was still pretty fast right okay. right all right, right. Which is the same for all of us, okay? I would say South South Familia, yep. South Familia, yeah. same for you, right? No, Facts. Right. I, I think I think we were five months, five, five six months before before she was pregnant. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, she has the baby. Were y'all living together when she had the baby, or I don't remember. Yes. Okay. Um, was that at the uh, place in Newark, or or where? Remind me. No, we were staying with uh with my parents when uh she was pregnant. We didn't get our first apartment in Mount Vernon until after um, Justin was born, my oldest. So you guys, so she, she's pregnant, you guys move in with your parents, help them with the pregnancy as best as you can. As, and right. at that point, you were what, 23, you said? About that, yes. Yeah, so you're about 23, you're helping with this pregnancy, um, you guys are living in your parents' space, and then after the kid is born, you move out. How long after, how, how long after your son was born did you guys move out? Uh, it happened pretty fast. I don't even remember, he was about almost a year. Okay, yes, that, that, that sounds about like my situation too. Yeah. Um, so a year into it, you guys move out, and how long before you guys end up getting married? It, it happened. It happened around the same time. Rewind a little bit. I had proposed to her when she was pregnant. Um, I took her to Olive Garden on Twenty Third Street. I was nervous as hell. I had my grandmother's ring that my mother had gave me. I don't know why she did it, but she did it. Yeah, I'm in my twenties. I'm still a kid, you know. Right. Not really understanding anything. And here I am about to propose to somebody that's having my kid. So you can imagine the, the thoughts just running through my head. I honestly almost threw up. I had told the waiter this whole story about that I wanted to propose and the waiter was in, in and on it and all this. So I got down on one knee and I proposed and me and her was engaged at that at that point. So the moving out and the wedding happened kind of like simultaneously. Um, we had the wedding at, 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 my, at my parents' house. So you guys got married like pretty much after you moved out. Uh, so your, your first kid is about one and then your next kid shows up, what, like six years later? Six years later, yep. All right. So in the interim, 
Like you guys are living the married life with this one kid. No. <laughs> Alright, the way you said no kind of answers the next question that I was going to ask is, did you see any signs of the behaviors that led... Yes, before Matthew, my, my second boy, was born, we had not been together. We were actually separated for about four years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Upon moving into our first apartment in Mount Vernon, um, a lot of things happened, a lot of toxic things were starting to show up. Uh, a lot of red flags, and I left. So when you say red flags, what do you mean by red flags? Like what? Cutting. At that time, she was cutting herself, and I didn't know... Cutting herself where? Around around her wrist. Not serious cuts to where she was bleeding. No, just... Cutting herself. Well... Enough to enough to blood let, but not right. enough if you, to the... If you, if you do the research and, and, and uh, people that cut themselves, it's like a release for them. It's not so much to harm them in a way that we both think would hurt it's a it's a release so it's not like a suicide attempt it's right. more or less just to cut just to, to feel free at that moment right the, the, so, the idea that pain is like a release unless you know you're alive right, right. Or, or it's a distraction from the the mental pain the actual doing. right and i walked in on her one time in the bathroom and i you know saw the blood and everything and i kind of didn't really know what to think at that point and um, the argument got to the point where I felt like I, I needed to go. I had never dealt with that. In my mind, I, I needed I just needed to, to go. I moved in with my parents. At that time, she was still living in Mount Vernon. I was still, you know, doing what I had to do as far as my son was concerned. So you were actively parenting, but just not, right. like, what you saw in that bathroom and, and the fallout from it was, right. was enough to for you to be the dissolution of your marriage. Right, because she wasn't being truthful to me. You know, like I said, before the baby was even here, I didn't see any signs of, of mental health or anything like that. And I felt like she wasn't being truthful to me. So I felt like I was being lied to about a lot of things. Um, being young and um, and just immature, I kind of like, you know, just, just wanted to get out of it. And, and so what was her explanation for what you saw? She was trying to brush it off like it was nothing. Like to me, it was like, what are you talking about? You know, I see the blood. I see I see what you're doing. And to her, it was just like, it's nothing like, you know, forget it. But I found out later that she had been suffering postpartum, which I didn't know at that time. I didn't even know what postpartum was at that time. And it, and it had gotten bad. And I kind of felt bad because maybe if I would have stuck around, but at the time, the way I was set up, you know, I don't know. I just... How much blood are we talking? It wasn't that much blood. It's just the fact of you're in a bathroom cutting yourself, you know. It, that's, it doesn't matter the amount of blood. It's, that's, that's a problem. And she never really sought to try to get help, try to get... And I even, I even mentioned that. I said, no, like, you need to, you know, talk to a therapist or something. Like, something needs to happen. I mean, this can't be... This can't be a, a, a thing where you feel like you need to escape and you go in a corner in, in the dark and start cutting yourself, you know? Um, those conversations were few in between, you know, and a lot of it just really didn't get to it. So you guys had a conversation about her getting help and, and needing to do something. Right. Was this before right. you left or after you had left the house? Did you leave like immediately after the situation? This was after, this was after I left the house because uh, I had left immediately because... Because um, you yeah. said it got ugly. You said it, yeah. it, it got toxic. Yeah, it got ugly. Um, do, I, and, and I'm going to ask, do you feel comfortable explaining what that means or what happened during the... Like during the confrontation and what led to it becoming a toxic situation um it led to me um it led to me wanting to know answers so in the act of me wanting to know answers i you know i shook up a little bit because i was she was being nonchalant about it she was being like 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 a wall at that point and i'm just trying to get answers like any i feel like any man would at that point like i've never seen this before i don't know the history of this but here you are the dark cutting yourself you know that's just not something that you would just walk away from i don't think any man would just walk away from knowing that you had a child you know right. so it, it led to an argument and it led to her acting out and this is the first time that i've, I've seen her kind of just act out in like a, a way that i don't even want to describe so uh, so i want to thank you for owning that right i want to thank you for owning what you just said so you said you know i kind of shook her up a bit right how old were you again remind me. oh well around, around the same age around 23 24. yeah uh, so uh <clears throat> you know uh when i was 23 24 25 i did some shaking up also right you know you're young you're dumb and you only know what, you know, you have seen and what people have told you, you know, right. is the way to deal and how to be as a man back then. Let's just say that was the, what, the 90s? That was like early, 
early 2000s. Early 2000s. Okay. So I'm not excusing it, but I would just want to thank you for owning. Would you say that you got married young, right? Very young. Um, Very young. And your parents, my brother and your mother, my sister-in-law, also got married young. Would you say, or is it fair to say, that uh, you were mimicking them or doing them or doing... Because, you know, that's what we've seen. That's exactly what I was doing. Go ahead. Talk about that a little bit. That's exactly what I was doing, which is why I didn't didn't think... I didn't think it was wrong for me to even think about marriage at that point. Because, like you said, um, they had gotten married early. I mean, they've been together since my father was 18 and she was 16. So, to me, in my mind, you know... It, that's just the way it go. I didn't see anything else, you know? And here, you know, she's pregnant. So in my mind, as a man, I'm thinking, okay, I got to do the right thing. I got to put a, I, I gotta put a ring on it. Did anybody tell you that that's what you should do? That that's what you had to do? No, a lot of people told me that's what I shouldn't do. Your uh, mom and, and your dad did not tell you you had to marry her? They were adamantly uh, against me getting married at that point. All right. So you guys are together, the volume's turned up, there's things going on, and then you have another one. But you're separated during this point, and you've been separated for for years at this point. So so I I guess my first question is, so you leave, did you take your son with you, or did your son remain with her? No, she was was more or less uh, with with solely, not solely with with her, but we were doing like a 50-50 split at that point. All right. And did she stabilize once you left the house, you feel like, or, you know, was it still like you felt like something was iffy with her? I felt like... I felt like something was iffy. I felt like something was going on, uh, which is why I wanted to be around more. Um, just at the time, me and her weren't getting, um, getting along. So I would come come by. I would, you know, take him a lot more, I guess, just trying to get her a little break if, if yeah. she was feeling like doing something bad to herself or anything like that. I mean, at the time, I didn't know about mental health as I do know now. Right. So. I was just pretty much trying to do the best that I can at, at, at that time. I, I knew at that at that moment I didn't want to be with her because I didn't know how to be with her. For me to be the, the father that I wanted to be, I had to be present, more present than, than I needed to be. So, but, so I, and I guess, David, where I think you were headed, and correct me if I'm wrong, so you, you have this separation. You're actively parenting your, your first son. What happens where you guys end up having your second kid were you guys back together or was it one of those situations where it's like yo this is my baby mom's it's comfortable and uh yeah it was kind of that it was kind of that situation i called this i called this uh just me being stupid we had rekindled i was with um somebody else for for a long period of time. Me and her was actually in a relationship at the same time. I don't know, it was just one of those things that, I guess the beginning of how it began kind of came back, so to speak, and it just felt good at the time. You know, she seemed stable. She seemed like she was doing what she needed to do, and it happened. <laughs> so, so basically, in that moment, you're reminded of things that you loved about her in the beginning. Right. So now, Clark, I'm going to tell you that he said the the woman he was in the relationship with at that time, uh, that's the one that the family liked. Everybody really right. liked her. <laughs> uh, right. He, he, he dumped her, yeah. and everybody was pretty upset. But So you're, you're still legally married all this time, too? At that time, yes. Okay. So um, you're back together. You have another child. That doesn't work out. When does it become completely estranged where it's over? Um, we were living at East Orange at the time. Um, so you guys moved back in together? Yeah. Okay. We had moved to Jersey because we thought it was, uh, you know, a fresh start. Uh, her family, uh, some of her family members had moved out there. So, you know, we thought, you know, why not? Why not try to start over and see where this can possibly go? So we're, we're there. Matthew, my, my, my second born, is a baby. Justin is about maybe four or five at the time. Yeah, we're just making it work. I, I'm, I'm working, still working in New York. I'm traveling back and forth. She's uh, she's uh, working at, uh, I think, one of those malls. I don't really remember, in Jersey. And we just kind of like making it work. We're going to church every Sunday. We had adopted a church family. And, you know, it was, it was that was our life. Uh, I was an armor bearer for my pastor at the time. And uh, you know, we, would, we would try to make it work, trying to seem like, like, you know, we was okay where things inside wasn't really okay, you know, kind of trying to be okay when you're not okay. And it just came to a head uh, one particular night and got toxic. Uh, we were both intoxicated and um, I got arrested and I had to go through all, you know, that whole thing, uh, being embarrassed about certain situation that I put myself in. Um, so that's when it came to a head. Um, that's when it was enough of 
is enough. Um, so, so it got physical. Yes. Okay. And you got arrested. Yes. Okay. And, and so the, the the other question is, were both of you being physical, or was, yes. was it you? And and not that 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 excuses your behavior, but I, no, it doesn't excuse my no. But I, but I asked I asked the question because what you know what you see a lot of the time is you know the, the fact that a woman being physical with a man and and I. Yeah, I, I said this in a previous conversation we had. A woman being physical with a man is usually a source of comedy or social levity, or it's not taken serious. Um, right. Especially when you're dealing with with young men, that restraint isn't there to say, you know, I need to draw that line, or I right. need to get out of here, I need to walk away. Um, right. Once again, not excusing, not co-signing, but also taking into account the full the full scenario. I, and I and I feel the same way. I'm not excusing behavior that happened on both sides. Um, at the time, you know, I was dealing with a lot of resentment as far as. Uh, the, how the relationship was going. You know, here I am, second time. Instead of moving forward, I felt like I was moving backwards in a situation that I, you know, was supposed to be something. Did you love her? Yeah. And were you in love with her? Not yeah. in the traditional sense, like your parents and my parents, uh, you know, but were you in love with her? I was. Do you feel like she was in love with you? I don't know. Because that could breed resentment also. Yeah. Uh, I feel like with, with her mental, mental health issues, I feel like I don't think she can love. I don't think she's able to love, which to me, caused a lot of anger. Not excusing anything that happened, but she was very manipulative as far as knowing how to trigger certain things in me. I mean, I had a lot, I had a temper, I'm not gonna excuse that, but she knew when to push the button and she kept pushing the button. So at that night, like I said, me and her were intoxicated. I had went out with friends, she had went out with friends, and it just so happened we had met up at the house at the same time. At that point, we were kind of really not really speaking, to be honest with you. We were kind of like on the out a little bit, but still trying to maintain this front, like everything was okay. So I, I immediately go in the bedroom, I'm trying to go to sleep because I gotta be work in the morning and she's clearly on some other kind of vibe where she feels like she can talk to me anytime any way she wants to talk to me i had lost my job where i was at previous so i, I had to take a job any regular job at the time just to pay bills right and she kind of like tried to emasculate me at the time and she just kept doing it you know i went in the room turn off the light try to go to sleep she would come in turn on the lights talk shit i would turn off the light <laughs> go back in the bed she would come in so it was kind of like all right you want it now i hear this so argument ensued after that and i just blanked out i i don't really remember what happened after that the cops had been called from a neighbor and seeing her know i'm being arrested and uh that was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life so after that you come back to a white place well, I, well immediately after that i had to go back to the apartment and get my stuff i was greeted by my stuff being in garbage bags, tossed down steps, seeing her mother, her sisters, all in the living room, and me being escorted by cops. Where were the kids? The kids were with uh, relatives. They, so the they, kids they, weren't they, there though while, while, while the fight was going on? And then you go back to White Plains. Right. So I go back to White Plains. I have a restraining order on me. Can't be around my kids. Embarrassed. Just lost at this moment in my life. So um, let's get to the part where you become a solo parent indefinite. How so, did that come? So after I moved back, after the, the temporary restraining order was over, I had visitation and I was going to see my kids and I was on child support. So we began talking again. And were the charges ultimately dropped? Yeah. Yeah, they were dropped. I'm, I'm noticing a lot of things that she's telling me is not the truth the upkeep of the apartment the fact that she wasn't paying the rent the fact that she ultimately lost the apartment these, these these are the things that she was keeping from me so i would say maybe a year after all that had happened my oldest was already living with me and i would say maybe a year and a half after that or maybe uh maybe two years after that he ultimately came and lived with me that's when i was totally single father um after that she had just vanished with no kind of communication uh mother didn't know where she was me and her wasn't really in communication so, so it was she, just me and my kids basically so she just picked up after you guys had that conversation where she's like yo i'm overwhelmed with your youngest son and there was no court ordered agreement it was just a conversation that you guys had ultimately it became a court order all right so so you, you actually went to court and got full custody of yourself right but but initially it was like the verbal agreement you guys say like her saying yeah, initially. so you get full custody of your son and you said she disappears like wh what does that look like 
Does she like just one day stop returning phone calls or stop visiting or, or like what went down? Yeah, pretty much. Um, stop answering uh, text messages because at this point, me and her was just communicating via text. When I had both of them, she would uh, text periodically just to see what was going on. And then next thing you know, she was gone. And then I would hear from her six months later. And then when I would hear from her, it would be... Oh, how how are the kids? So when you say hear from her six months later, no mm. contact. Zero contact. You would reach out, you would text or something like that, and you wouldn't hear anything back. I wouldn't hear anything back. You would text, hey, boom, 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 and nothing back. Nothing back. But her number was the same all this time. Well, not all this time. She had went through various numbers at that point. But she would always have my number and if if a number changed, she would she would always tell me, hey, you know, this is my number. Text you would say, blah. hey, this is my new number. Right. Okay. Right. But but initially, it would be like a six-month gap between right. reaching out to you to say, hey, this is my new number, or hey, how are the kids doing? How do you feel about that? How do I feel about it? How I... did you feel about that in the moment? I was angry. Because you reaching out, texting, hey, what's up? Come see your kids or the kids. What did the kids say? At that point, the kids wasn't really saying anything. Justin, the oldest, was... Loved his grandpa, and that yeah. was enough for him. And it was kind of weird because I would... Uh, <laughs> Like, you know, not really applying pressure, just like, you know, you miss your mother, and it was kind of like, yeah, but it wasn't really anything. It was weird. And that six months had just continued. So it was just, I would hear from her, six months she'd be gone. She would come in, six months she'd, she'd be gone. It, 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 that became a thing. And in that six months gone, come back. Six months gone, come back. Is it disappear for six months and then come see you and come see the kids? Or is it just disappear for six months and then check in via text or phone? or Check FaceTime in. and then Check pop in. back out. It wasn't a Check six in. months to come see the kids. So no. what was the longest stretch without actually seeing physically in the same space seeing the kids what was the longest stretch uh maybe 12 months a year and then after that another 12 months or another six months about like another six and she would contact via text just i guess to <laughs> test my temperature and see what was going on and at this point me and her like the last previous time she had checked in me and her i had a conversation like like listen we you can't keep doing this in and out it's either in or out and i remember telling her like i'm struggling i mean provide something like what can you do and she would get standoffish by that. So that's when I put her on child support. So uh, I'm going to do something that Clark always does, right? What would you say is your role in this? Because according to Clark, it takes two to tango and sometimes one person takes a dip. What is that? Right. Sure? <laughs> and, and you and might not, not be there yet. Well, I feel like it's levels to... Uh my situation i feel like my role in the relationship early in the toxicness me being frustrated me being immature not really understanding what she was going through but at the, at the same time not having communication or not having the knowledge to really know what was going on so i would say my role at that point was just being immature just just basically acting off something that I didn't really know too much about and wasn't really getting any kind of communication from. And, and so how did that immaturity manifest itself? What were you doing specifically? The immaturity manifested by not thinking about her, kind of focusing on my kids and me and where we needed to go, which is why I put her on child support. All right, so she disappears for 12 months. She disappears for six months. There's cycles and patterns to it that, that you begin to discern. What would she say when she did speak to you? She would never really say what she's going through. She would always just say she's I'm going through things. I'm going through it. I'm going through Yeah. Things. Would she so tell she you would, where she was? Do you no. know where she was at any of this time? No. I would know maybe if she was at her uh, her mother's house for a brief moment. So uh, I wanna I wanna um, circle back for one thing, right? So if you find all of this out, you know, and you know early on things aren't uh, comfortable over there, why do you choose this woman? And it's I, I have to challenge it. I, I challenge everybody that, you know, comes on here. So I'm just challenging. I want I you to like think I, deeply about why did you choose this woman? I felt like when I started finding out situations about her upbringing, I felt like I had to protect her. So, so you wanted to save her? Just because my family dynamic is so different, how I grew up was so different, I wanted to show her family. Clark, you're shaking I, your head there, buddy. I, I, I'm shaking my head because it's relatable. I mean, like, I absolutely went through that in my marriage where, you know, my family origin is pretty strong and pretty unified. And, you know, Nina came on and she shared her story. And, like, you know, outside of her brother and, you know, and the dynamic, the, the, you know, the volatile dynamic she had with her mom, like, 
she, she didn't have that. And you look at it and go, okay, if I show them and I share them what I have or what I've seen, it'll make an impact and it'll make things better for them. And, you know, in our experience, like, I, I, I think she actually shared during her interview, like, she would hear my family laughing and be like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Like, there was a resentment of the happiness and the joy that took place in my, in my family. Same on that side. So, like, as you were saying, like, you know, when David challenged you and, and asked, do you think she loved you? And you say, you don't know if she had the capacity. So let me ask another question. So when we do that, when we try to save people, when we try to rescue people or whatever else it is, do you think that there is some level of us or something inside of us or some piece of us that says to ourselves, I am better than that person that I'm trying to save? I'm asking that question to both sides. Sure. I think so. I, I don't, I, in my case, I don't think it was that I thought I was better. It was, this is somebody I care about, and this is what I want to share with Okay. Them. And what I mean by, no, not to cut you off, what I mean no, by better, I don't mean that in a way of saying that, oh, um, my family is just so better. Let me show you. I meant in a way that my upbringing was better than hers. Obviously, I don't mean that in a negative way, that I just wanted to show her better. Right. So I, I, the, way I, the way I think about it is if I meet somebody that I care for and they're starving and I'm sitting here with a loaf of bread, yo, right. let me show you this bread. Right. Like right. me and you are going to break this together and you'll learn to appreciate this bread in the same way that it's nourished me my entire life. In what I've seen and in my personal experience, and it, it, it kind of sounds like what, what Mike went through, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but it was like, yo, you're, you're offering this bread, and they're like, this shit is repulsive because they, they don't they don't know how to handle the bread. Right. <laughs> but I'm thinking that some of it is they're resentful at the fact. So I asked Nina this question. I said, when you look at this family here that is gelling the way you've never experienced and you've never seen, do you resent that looking at them sometimes and being like, you know, y'all think y'all better than me and my family or whatever else right. it is? And her initial reaction was, but you got to think it's just natural to possibly yeah, this. Yeah. Right, They're right. I, I think it, as you as you had the conversation with her and press, I think she did ultimately admit to it. I, I have to go back and listen. But I know there, there, there is that resentment. And so you go through all this. You now have custody of your kids. Like, where does she factor in now? So it's um, pretty much the same thing. We actually went through a whole summer of her trying to mend relationships as far as the kids is concerned. Um, ran to the Airbnb and kids were basically with her for a month because I wanted to see how it would go. And she had, you know, we had a, a talk about it and that this is something that she really wanted to do. And I was with it. And the kids were with it. You know, I was a little hesitant at first. Tell me what you mean when you say see how it goes. Oh, uh, because she's very flighty. But when I hear see how it goes, right. what I heard was like maybe this is moving to a more permanent situation. If you want to see how something goes, you want to test something out, you're testing it out because at some point it wants to move to a permanent situation like that. Is that what the goal was? Permanent as far as her being in their life permanent not the back and forth. Okay, so you were hoping that, okay, if she, you know, probably turned the corner or something like that, then right. maybe she can spend uh, back to the 50-50, I guess is what right. I'm asking. Right, that was my view. Hopefully. Hopefully. So I have often heard about parents, well, I'm going to start with mothers, right, who have been in, you know, the situation where they have been like the primary caretaker for a significant amount of time. So, no, what was the movie? Boys in the Hood. Where the, where, uh, where the mother, mother just comes, gets fed up, fed up and drops the kid off and says, you got to take care of it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So when you said try it out, that's what I heard. Um, because you have been the primary caretaker for 10, 11, 12 years. Were you looking for her to become the primary caretaker at some point? To be honest, I, yeah, I was just looking for a break. Sorry, say that again? Honest, I was looking for a break. Tell me what you mean by uh, that. So, so, so let me be clear about the, the sense of which I'm asking, right? Okay? Uh, uh, we just lost my brother, your father, right? Your mm -hmm. heart is heavy. You got a lot going on in your head. You got a right. lot going on in your heart right now, which is uh, one of the reasons why I said to you, this looks like the right time for us to have you on. You're looking for a break. Tell me what you mean by that. And I want you, I mean, I really wanna, I really wanna, let's talk about in that sense, right? Your heart is heavy right now. I think, I don't know. I, this is just me listening, talking and interacting with you. This is just the sense I'm getting. So in that sense, tell me what you mean when you say you want a break. So I don't know what it feels like to wake up and not be responsible for two lives. And what I mean by that is every day when I wake up, I have to know what's going on with them 
physically, emotionally, what's going on with school, what's going on if they're not in school, what did they eat? I don't know what it feels like to wake up and not think about those things. And that might that that may sound petty. It may sound a little selfish. I just wanted to know what it felt like to wake up and just concentrate on me. I just wanted to feel selfish, I guess. Now, you've had a lot of support. Your father, your mother. Uh, I think I even used to come get him on the weekends and take him to play basketball and stuff like that. And right. even with all of that support, you right. still feel heavy. That's yes. what I'm trying to get to. Because ultimately, it's on me. When it's said and done, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for all, all the support. It ain't a criticism. Yeah, I'm yeah, just no, talking no, no, about no, it out loud. It's I not a criticism. But even through that, ultimately, it's on me because I know people are doing it because they care, but that can all go away. It, it, it's like the saying, you know, it takes a village, but ultimately, dumb little motherfucker sleeping in your hut. On a day-to-day boots on the ground, foundational level, you are the only person you got to lean on. Do you feel like you missed out on anything? Talk a bit about that. I've been a spoken word artist, done shows, so I feel like a lot of stuff that I had opportunities for, I couldn't do because either it wasn't the right time or I need to be where I needed to be and I feel like yeah I feel like I've lost out on a lot traveling things that I've always said to do that I've had to put on the back burner. tough question here buddy tough question here do you think that you could have any resentments toward these two kids because of that or towards her because of that I can never how have her. how about towards her yeah a lot and I've had to check that. And do you have any guilt about picking her versus picking somebody who would have been more like your mom there taking care of those kids? Answer that one first. Nah, I've never really no. blamed myself for picking her because you can't help who you love. You can't help how situations go about. I wouldn't say I blame myself for picking her. I would blame me because I wasn't more like my father as far as keeping our marriage together. I feel like I failed in that regard. But how if that's exactly what you said you did? You said you no. made sacrifices for these kids. Yeah, you're not with her, but Solo. you still made Solo. sacrifices for Solo. these kids. Solo, not, not a unit. And, and, and I, I see where you're coming from. You're looking at what your parents accomplished and what they did, and you're going, I failed to live up to that example or that standard. Yeah, I don't, I don't think about that now. Like how, how my mind has been. You yeah, know? you, 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 you absolutely drifted. You absolutely drifted. Like, I, I think you realize that there are extenuating circumstances. You realize that not everybody's situation is the same. You realize that the world has completely changed. Like right. we, we, we treat our fellow human beings as disposable commodities. So the idea of putting up with or pushing through or saying, hey, till death do us part. It's a fallacy now. Knowing all that, though, yeah, of course, you're going to have those moments and you're going to have right. that resentment that builds. So you guys had the conversation recently. Seems like she's in a better place. What's the next step? Well, the next step is to get her some help. Is she seeking help? Is she open to the idea of help? She's open to the idea as far as counseling, but she kind of wants to do, she wants to do it on on her own she's admitting to the fact that, that she does need help you know she's admitting to the faults in our relationship as well as i i mean that's where we're at right now let me ask you one more question you mm -hmm. talked about wanting to be selfish for a little while wanting to you know experience you uninhibited or whatever else it is you know do your own thing right her becoming the primary caretaker if not permanently for like an extended amount of time so that you can do you do you feel any guilt about that as a father not really i'm always going to do what i need to do as far as my kids is concerned always i've been there since the beginning and i'll be there until till god see fit it's just these moments that I don't know if if, if you can really understand. I don't know. I'm trying to explain it as much as better. It's as, not a judgment. This is not a judgment. This is just, no, it's not a judgment. I'm just yeah, trying to explain yeah. though these moments of just wanting to escape. I want to hear about that. So let me tell you. For me, when my kid has been with me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursday, sometimes on Friday morning, like, get the I'm fuck like, out. <laughs> Yo! Sometimes yeah. I'm like, and then come... You know, Saturday, I'm looking to call over there, but I don't call over there. And then on Sunday, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for him to come back. And then Monday, he's back. Or Tuesday, when he's back, I'm like, yeah, right. me and my nigga. Because you, you know, have been the primary caretaker. And this, you know, wanting to escape or whatever else it is like that. I know that there are a whole bunch of mothers that go through this all the time. One of the things that I always say, especially when I go on single black motherhood. 
Yeah. Yeah. Single black motherhood. I always say, if you can, if there are these women who are the primary caretakers, dude, if you cannot afford to contribute to the financial responsibility that you just go get them every now and then. Go get them on a Friday night and don't bring them back until Monday morning or drop them directly off at school on Monday morning. And watch how much she get off your back. Because every now and then, mama want to be a fight over the weekend or whatever <laughs> else it is. She want to go get her hair done, get her nails right. done, go out on a date, or just right. go out with her girlfriends or whatever else it is. And right. you know, they appreciate that. That goes a long way. So we can feel that way too. Oh, and absolutely. we shouldn't have to absolutely. feel guilty about it. But... Again, Absolutely. It's like any other relationship. Like, when my kids are gone, I'm like, oh, shit, I miss my kids. Like, right. and, 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 and even right. now, like, when they're at their mom's house for a protracted period of time, like, I'll call them up, and I'll be like, yo, what happened? Y'all can't call your father? You don't love your daddy no more? Yeah. And then they hang right. up on me and go about their business. But right. I ain't going to front. There were absolutely days, especially, like, I think back even when I was married and I had you know, an in-house tag team support system. And right. I would be driving to work. If you have never been behind the wheel of your car, driving to work, and considered that that you should keep going to the nearest mm. border, I've you do there. not spend enough time with your fucking kids. I've been there. Yo, I, like, I've literally been in my car, driving to work, and said, yo, if I just get off the next exit and keep going... On that highway, I can beat a Canada in five hours. Mm. That shit has absolutely passed through my mind. Mm -hmm. So, so just just hit us a little bit with you know <clears throat> that feeling of wanting to escape after being a primary caretaker for ten years. So he painted a picture that I I often go through being in the car, like even right now, like stuff get too heavy, especially you know uh, after after my father passed, I find myself. Just go and drive it. Like, pick up and just go. Just go driving. Right? And, and, and it might be down the street. It might be down a couple streets. Just that whole notion of me just being by myself for five minutes, ten minutes. So we've been on for a little while, and, and I do want to wind up, right? But uh, I wanted you to talk really quick about how you're feeling, what's going on with you, and where you are right now with the loss of your father, my brother. Oh, uh, wow. Um, it's a deep, it's, it's a deep, deep question, Dave. Um, where I am right now is um, lost. I'm lost because uh, my father has been, he's been in my life. He's been there for me through everything. Um, even like just waking up sometimes, it just feels like a nightmare. Um, Uh, it, um, I feel anger. I feel, it's just a whole big mix of emotions. I feel like, uh, he didn't deserve to go out the way he did. I feel like my father deserved more. Just how he led his life, how he raised his kids, how he was a man. Definition of a man to me is my father. He's somebody who I can only aspire to be, like, you know, um, I had a conversation with somebody, uh, my father mastered the, the, the art of being centered when things was going crazy. The times where my mother and him be going into it, you would never hear my father. You would never hear him. He never raised his voice. He just sent it. And as a kid, I, I resented that. 
because I saw you resented that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Just go ahead. What do you mean when you say you resented that? Because I saw my mother being aggressive, and I didn't see my father being aggressive. So you know, I saw the same thing from Sydney and Gloria Crockett, right? Right. Okay. Go ahead. Keep going. So it made me, as a boy, ultimately being a man, it made me feel like my father was soft in a sense. I did the same thing. Keep going. Because I didn't see the aggression. I didn't see the... Which is what we thought men were supposed to be. Right. Right. But fast forward, he mastered something that... <laughs> You know, I've seen my father uh, just be still when things are going awry and, you know, he have the smirk on his face. And, and I used to always say, like, you know, what is he smiling for? Like, what, what, what is funny? <laughs> and I learned later on that it was his nervous. Like, that's what he does when he's nervous. But in my mind, it was just kind of like he didn't want to be bothered with anything. But... Now I know it was just him being centered. You know, sometimes when you react to certain situations, you cause even a bigger reaction. And he mastered the fact of just being still. And what and does this, and where are you at right now with this? I'm just trying to piece it all together. Um, okay. To be honest right. with you. And that takes time. That takes time. That's what I was just, just about to say. It, it takes time. And when your father passes away, Mike, it's okay to be fucked up. Right? It's, it's, it's okay for it to have an impact on you. You know, because in, in the same way you, you describe your father's mannerisms and, and, and you know, what you expected for your father and ultimately what you expect of yourself as from a as a result of watching your father you know like when my dad passed away i, I remember saying to somebody it's a hell of a thing to watch a god fade right so like in 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 all intents and purposes you know whether you're a church going man or not when you look at at, at, at a you know a secular sense and an earthbound sense, your father is your definition of God. Yeah. That, that, like that, that is the embodiment of power, that is the embodiment of wisdom, that is the embodiment of strength. If, if he's doing it right, you know? I agree. I agree and, with that. and what ends up happening is when your dad fades in the way that, you know, your father faded or my dad faded, it's a hard thing to watch. It's a hard thing when they go relatively young. Right. And it's a hard thing to reconcile that you are not in the he did not see you in the place where you are your ultimate self and you're fully developed for that 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 right there that you said yeah that that bothers me tell me what you mean by that i mean no 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 i want oh, I, I, I get what you mean yeah. clark i want to i want to know where mike's where mike is with this um because i always pictured my father seeing me at my best. You know, he's done so much protecting me. He's uh been there when I've done stupid things. He's bailed you out. Came bailed me out. He's congratulated me on things that I've I've done. You know, he's 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 been such a constant in my life that he deserved to see me at my best. And you don't feel like he got to see you at your best? No. So, no. so here, here's, here's what I say to that, Mike. And, and, I, and I'm saying this as a dude, like, this year made 10 years since my father passed away. Like, you can go one of two ways with that. You can go... Fuck it, he's gone and go on a self-destructive path and, 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 and just go, I'm, I'm not going to head in the right direction anymore. Or you go, yo, at some point, whatever this universe is, 
he's either watching me or we gonna reconnect. And I'm gonna have some explaining to do about about what the fuck I did since he's been gone. And I say from like my life experience that like that's what I aspired to. Like when people come to me and go, yo, you know, you're a good dad, you're a good dad. I go, yo, now nah, I'm just a dude who had somebody who laid out a good blueprint for me. And everything I've done from that point on has been aspirational. So I like that's my two cents on it. It's everything I've done since since he's been gone has been me going. Cause I, I like I, I felt it. I feel this like as you're saying this shit, man. Like I like I took my glasses off and I'm sitting here like fighting back tears as you're relating what you're saying. So where did you think you were going to be when he? What did you think you was gonna be doing? I don't know, Dave. President I mean, of the United States. Tell me what do it was. No, uh, better. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really know specifically. All I okay. know is all right. So you need some time to put it into. You need some yeah. time to get your arms around it. Yeah, right. I just know. I just know me that he left before he can see his son truly be a success. Okay. All right. So listen, we've been at this for a while. You and I should talk more offline about this, but you know we got to go, right? Mike. Right. Mike. I love yeah. you. I love, love you. you. I love you. All right? Okay. Thank you. We'll holler at you soon. I'll holler at you soon. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mike, th thank you for, for coming on the show, man. And real talk, you got my number. You need some shit, holler at me. Appreciate that, man. No doubt. All right. All right. You got any final thoughts? Um, I feel him. <laughs> like, like, as a single dad, you know, as a divorced dad, as a dude who's lost his father and, you know, lost his father while going through a divorce and, you know, being jobless, all, a lot of shit that he, he said and, and he go, he's gone through hits very close to home for me. You can see why I wanted him on, right? Yeah. Like this I, was the time. And it, it's interesting because Clamor and the, and the request that we have from our listeners is, you know, we want more dads and we want more men coming on. And, like, I got to commend him because a lot of dudes don't have it in them to share in the way that he shared. Or a lot of our male guests have shared. Um, but, yeah, he, he, he's, he's going through a lot, man. And I, I, I remember being in that space and just going like, yo, man. I, like, I'm about to hit you in the head and bring on the other nephew right after this one. Next week, we're going to do the other one. His brother, his older brother. Let's go. Okay? Let's go. All right. Okay. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, and consulting adults, uh, thank you for listening to Single Dad Why You're Mad. We appreciate you. We honor you. We love you. And uh, we're asking you to share and tell other people and uh, follow us. We are everywhere. I mean it this time. I actually signed us up. We are on Spotify. We ain't just saying we're on Spotify, as well as a bunch of different other places. Clark, anything else? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad? I love it. <laughs>